Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Bizarre, you on? Hello? Yeah, I know. I've, I've been waiting for you. Oh, you're on. You're live. Okay. Uh, the, the, the music was just playing, so I, I didn't know if I was on. It's just been off. Okay. All right, no, all good. right, all right. This is Elder Bizarre. I'm a little late. I'm a little late, but it's better be late than never. I'm here coming to you from Warren, Ohio. This is Elder G. Bizarre, Watchman on the Wall, End Time Global Link Ministry, carrying the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the only one, the only one that brought redemption to the world. He is God Almighty in the flesh. Born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, came down here 2,000 years ago, stayed on earth 33 and one-half years. God himself. You, you know, I, I don't know where people get this misunderstanding. This world belongs to God. God made this world. He created it out of nothing. He made man. He made everything. He's the creator. He's the maker of all mankind. And don't you realize that he can come down here any time he wants to? But he only been down here one time in human flesh, one time. He came down in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. And by being the angel of the Lord, that means that he was uh, an angel in the form of a man. And by that, he was not born. And since God cannot be born or created on himself, he came down as an angel and a messenger of the Lord himself. In fact, he wrestled with Jacob. In the book of Genesis, we find Jacob wrestling with the Lord God Almighty. That was the Lord, the angel of the Lord. That represents that God could come down here and any time on this earth, when he ever get ready. Nobody can stop him. Nobody can tell him when to come, how to come. And the only way that he came that he could redeem man, he had to be God himself. God himself had to become flesh. Not God becoming flesh, but he became flesh. In other words, he took up on a human body. And he had, he had, he didn't have a human blood. He had God's blood. In other words, Christ represent God Almighty, and he was a human being. In order to be alive and you're a human, you have to have a blood system. You've got to have a blood system because all that God created, Adam and Eve, all the way down to present 2023, every baby, every baby that was ever born had to have a blood system. If you didn't have no blood system, 
he could not live. So by him cannot live as a human being, God designed it. He ordained that. He 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 stretched that across six thousand years that any man that's born of a woman has a few days to live and is born in sin. That was because of the fall of Adam and Eve. And by the fall of Adam and Eve, man became a sinful creature. He became a sin barrier. He became a person that was born in sin, wrapped in sin. There was no way that he could be born righteous. No way. Why? Because Satan had deceived Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve obeyed Satan, Lucifer, son of the morning, and he deceived Eve, but he couldn't deceive Adam. And by him deceiving Adam, Man failed because man knew, Adam knew that if he would eat the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, that he would no longer be in connection with God Almighty. He knew that. But Eve was deceived to eat it because she was fooled by Satan. And by her being fooled by Satan, she urged Adam to eat with her. Well, Adam knew better, but... He didn't want to be left out, so he obeyed the woman and ate too. And when he obeyed the woman, the whole whole human race failed into sin, separation from God. When Adam and Eve ate that fruit of knowledge of good and evil, the whole creation was separated from God. God no longer has jurisdiction of the earth. You hear what I said? Satan took over. And the only way Satan could take over, he had to get Adam and Eve to disobey God's command, and that's exactly what they did. And when they did that, they were cut off, literally, spiritually cut off from God. God was no longer in control of man. God could no longer control man. Satan took over. And when Satan took over, Every baby that was born, except one, there's only one baby that was born without sin. Lord, have mercy. I wish y'all could get a hold of this. I wish you could get a hold of this, because this is mind-boggling. There was no man ever born without sin. Perfect. Never did nothing wrong. There was no man ever born without sin, but one man. And that man was God man. In other words, God became human. God became human. And by him becoming human, like us, he had to have a blood system. And in this life, In this blood system was life. In this blood system, there was life eternal. Eternal life was in the blood. The soul is in the blood. The spirit is in the blood. No man can live without a blood system on this earth. So when Christ came, God became human and gave his own self a name, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ means Savior. And Christ means anointed, meaning God in the flesh. He is a Savior 
of the world. God, in order to save human man, human mankind, in order for God to save. And I realize that God, the whole world is not going to be saved. Can I say that again? The whole world will not be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth, whosoever believeth, whosoever believeth in him shall never perish but have everlasting life. So what God done, he gave man a choice. And by him giving him a choice, man had the choice to live for God, or listen to me, he has a choice to live for God, or he has a choice to live for Satan because Adam and Eve blew it. And when they blew it, it was an eternal damnation up on them. Why? Because they had been cut off from God. They had to be cut they, because they disobeyed. And when you disobey God, you're cutting yourself off. And Adam and Eve realized after they had sinned what they had done. They had they did a, they did an awful thing. They disobeyed God. And when they disobeyed God, the whole creation, creation is gonna suffer for it. They're suffering for it right now today. They have been suffering for it for the last 6,000 years. Mankind has been suffering for sinning against God, cut off from God, annihilated from God, didn't know God. They knew there was a God because it's already put in man to know that there's a creator. Because when God breathed into Adam's nostril, he became a living soul. And all the attributes... All the attributes that's, that's in the legal legal limitation that was in God, he breathed into man. When he breathed into man, he became a what? A living soul, a soul that would live forever. And there's a choice that men would have to make in where they're going to live for eternity. You can live in heaven where there's going to be joy, peace, or you can live in hell, where there's going to be misery and agony and torment. You have a choice. God is not going to make you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to beat you across the head. He's not going to do nothing but what he said, whosoever will, let him come. Come to who? Come to Christ. Christ is the only way that a man can be connected back to God. Only way that he can be redeemed, only way he can be regenerated is through what? The blood of Jesus Christ. Well, what did Jesus Christ do? He suffered. He died. He dropped his head between the locks of his shoulder. He went down into the grave. Except the chapter three. He stayed down there for three days and three nights. And on the third day, he got up out of the grave with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. And what I'm trying to say to you, as we live in the last days, we're living in the last age, the last few hours, the last few months, or the last few minutes that we have to be on this earth, because there's a day coming in which good God Almighty, 
Let me tell you something. There's a day coming when the true church, the true church, let me tell you something, the true church, because a lot of people don't know the true church from the false church. The true church are those that have committed their lives, their lives have been changed, they have been sanctified, they have been filled with the love of God in their heart, and they got their minds on one thing, to please God. They got their minds on one, one priority, and that is to make sure that they know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they are willing to what? They're willing to forsake their mother, their brother, their sister. They'll forsake anything that's not like God to serve God. And when you come to Christ, you are to grow in grace. You are to grow, and you are to grow. You are to grow closer and closer to the acknowledge of the buried death and the mighty resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So when Christ comes, he's coming first after the true church. Now listen to this. In the book of Acts 4 and 12, it says this, neither, 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 neither is there salvation. Salvation is delivered from sin. Your soul is delivered from sin, death, hell, and the grave. That's salvation. In any other, for there is none other name under heaven Given among men, ain't no other name, ain't no other name than the name of Jesus given under heaven among men, whereby, whereby, whereby we must be saved. You've got to be saved. And the only way you can be saved is through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way that man can be saved. There's no other way that man can receive salvation but through Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ was the only God-man that was born with sin because the Bible says this in what? In the book of what? Isaiah. Let me get Isaiah. Let me break this down for you so you can understand what I'm trying to tell you. Amen. Listen to this. Listen to this, Isaiah 9 and 6. 9 and 6 in the book of Isaiah, it reads these words. Nine and six. Here it goes. Listen, real good. Isaiah prophesied of the first coming of Jesus Christ. In the book of Isaiah 96, it's for, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Listen, the Mighty God. This child is going to be born, and this son is going to be given, will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, who else is that other than God Almighty, wrapped in swaddling clothes, 
born of a woman by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God Almighty. When Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, that was God himself. And he what? He impregnated the Holy Ghost into Mary's womb. In other words, God impregnated himself into Mary's womb, and Mary carried that child for nine months. Not born by man, not born by flesh and blood, not born by somebody doing some kind of scientific experience. It was born by the will of God. God did it, and only God could do it. There was no other God that could do it. No other God had an attempt to try to do it. Some people have tried to claim on the face of the earth today that there's Jesus Christ, but there ain't nothing but one Jesus Christ. Nobody can take his place. Nobody can do what he can do. Nobody uh, 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 has been in self-existence but God. And since God is self-existent, he was here before you, and he was here before me. And when I'm dead and gone, he will be. And before I came on the scene, he already was. So there's no way that anybody can take Christ's place. Nobody, because nobody ever died on the cross but Jesus Christ and came back from the grave. Nobody ever suffered like Jesus Christ on the cross. Nobody ever went down in the grave into the bowels of hell and came back on his own. Nobody but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Why? Because God is self-existent. God is almighty. Listen what he said. It says, a child shall be born, and it says a son is a. I said, and to us a son is given, and if a son is given, that means that God was never born, because He is the Son, and since He is the Son, He became man, born in a manger, and the, and the Bible calls Him what? Calls His name wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And Acts 4 and 12, and then it says, there were, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What I'm trying to tell you, if you think you can get to heaven, Without accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You don't know what you're trying to do. You're trying to take the deity. You're trying to take the power. You're trying to take everything away from Jesus Christ if you're trying to find another way to heaven. You're not getting there on your works. You're not getting there on your mama or your daddy or your sister or your brother. You're not getting there on your education. You're not getting on there by the color of your skin. You're not getting on, you're not going to heaven by your denominationalism. No, you're not going that way. That is not the way. Because ain't no church, ain't no denomination died for me. Ain't no preacher died for me. Ain't no other other entity died for me. It was only Jesus Christ that died for me and came back from the grave with no problem at all because he's God Almighty and there's nothing too hard for God to do. And since there's nothing too hard for God to do, woo, he did the unbelievable. He did, he did, woo, what he did, what he did, no other man done. Now, who I'm about to, 
is I'm about to Lucifer, and I'm going to bow to some man, and I'm going to bow to some deity. No, I'm going to bow to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because at his name, what? Every knee, every crooked knee, every blind knee, every, every rusty knee, every crusty knee, every white knee, every black knee is going to bow down. One day, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, for he's coming back again to get a church without a spot or a wrinkle. The church is the body of Christ. The church is composed of born-again believers that have accepted Jesus Christ. Everybody say they saved don't mean they saved. Everybody that go to church don't mean they saved. Everybody that give their tithe and offer don't mean they saved. Everybody that sing in the choir don't mean they saved. Every preacher that gets behind the pulpit and preach call himself preaching the gospel, that don't mean he's saved. Lord, have mercy. The Bible says that many shall come in that day, and they shall be false prophets, and they shall prophesy lies, and they shall prophesy everything and tell, uh, tell the future and everything. He said, but because they do that, they don't believe, don't you believe that they saved? Because the only way that you can be saved, the only way you can be saved is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Lord God Almighty. He is our Savior. He is our Counselor. He's our Prince of Peace. He's our Almighty God. He's the God of gods and the Lord of lords. And when he comes back again, he's not going to be born in a cradle. He's not going to be born in a barn. And, and, and nobody's going to be able to look for him for a place to live in, a hotel in. He's coming back for what? To judge the world. The world is headed for judgment, and the world don't like judgment. The world don't want the world, the, the people in the world today don't want the world to end, but it's going to end one day, and it's on its way. And by being on its way, God has given man ample time to get ready. He don't gave man ample time to get ready. He don't gave man 6,000 years of dealing with mankind to tell mankind that he's got to turn from his sin. He's got to hate sin. He's got to hate unrighteousness. He's got to hate anything that's not like God and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and repent, uh-oh, and repent, and repent, and repent, and turn from his wicked ways. Because you don't have to be wicked to be wicked. Uh-oh, what you said? You know what a wicked person is? I'm going to tell you what a wicked person is. Listen to what I got to say. A wicked person, according to the Bible, is a person that is on the page and on the list and on the page of accountability, accountability for their sins. Why? We were born in sins. A baby is born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But that baby, that baby is not responsible for his sins because it's not his fault that he was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Until that baby gets to the age of an accountability, then he's responsible for his sins. And when you know that you're responsible for your sin, you become not a sinner. You are lost. You sin at the age of between 13 on up. 
The age of accountability is between 13 and 20 years old. Age of accountability. You are accountable for your sin. And when you come to acknowledge that you are accountable for your sin, guess what? You are what? You become the qualification of being saved. You need to be saved. Because when Christ died, he took the plenty of, of the Adamic nature that that baby has. And he done paid for that. And if that baby died before the age of accountability, his sins are paid for. But when he comes to the age of accountability and knows that he's sinning, knows that he's wrong, then he is capable of knowing right from wrong, and he's, a, he's responsible for his sins. Jesus Christ said, forbid them not. Forbid not the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. The best time to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the, the age, is a young age, as a child, adolescent. You can accept Jesus Christ at 9, 10, 11, 12. You can accept him at an age where you believe that he died for you and suffered for your sin, and you confess with your little, little self, amen. Little children can come to Jesus Christ. And the Lord said, don't forbid them. Don't forbid them. Let them come. Why? Because their their hearts is tender. They, they, what you teach them and what you teach them from the Bible, they will accept it much easier than when you get 15 and 16 and 17 and 18. So that child's sin is covered by the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when that baby dies or when that baby's aborted, when that baby's thrown in a garbage can, when that, when, when that mother throws it outside and give it up, Amen. If that baby dies in the time of birth, amen, even the age of before accountability, that, bi that baby dies, and that sin that that baby dies, not knowing he's sinning, Christ died for that child. But when you get to the age of knowing what the law can do, the law killeth, the law killeth, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not have no other God before me. Thou, all Ten Commandments is a law of the letter. And when the letter tells you thou shalt not, guess what? And you do it anyway, you have sinned. And by you sinning, you need a redeemer. The only way that you can be redeemed is not by the law because the law is a schoolmaster. It leads you to the, it leads you to the place where it tells you that you are a sinner. You are a low-down, dirty, rotten sinner and you need to accept Jesus Christ at this age, at a young age. Repent of your sin and be sorry and come to Christ at a young age. So when you grow up, you'll know Jesus Christ as you grow up. And when you get to a place, amen, God will have you responsible and make you acknowledge that, look, you have received salvation at a young age. Woo! People don't believe that. But they want to put babies in hell. You can't put, God is not going to put babies in hell. That baby don't know what sin is. That baby don't know what's right, what's wrong until it grows up and you can distinguish and you teach it. And you teach it that, look, you were born separated from God and God wants to save your little soul, little, little boy, little, little girl. Don't you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Won't you ask him to come to your heart? And you could tell that child to repeat that sinner's prayer right there, and guess what? That child, by the grace of God, and God knows that little child's heart, and he knows that little child's heart is just as tender as meat cooked in a pressure cooker. 
And that child will say, yes, I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, and I want him to come into my life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that he died for you, thou shalt be saved. So you can be saved at a young age. Don't wait till you get 99 years old and 89 years old and 50 years old and 20 years old and, and, and 30 years old to accept Jesus Christ because that's, that, that, that's a part of life. It's hard to get people to convince at that age that you need a Savior unless they've been taught that you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and that's what they're not teaching our children today. And when they get old, they think they saved because they go to church. They think they saved because they've been baptized, and they haven't repented of their sins. They don't know Jesus Christ like they're supposed to. And so when you get them at a young age, and that's what the Bible says, train up a child in a way that it should go so when it get old, it will not depart from me. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. My mama taught me about Jesus Christ when I, whew, she used to carry me to church. Carry me to church. When I, and when I learned to walk, she used to take me to church. When I could walk on my own, I used to go to church. Woo, my, I've been going to church ever since my mama was carrying me in her arms. And then when I got older, amen, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior at nine years old. I still had to learn some things about this salvation. And as I grew up, I'll tell you one thing, I always was in church. Why? Learning more and more about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And God, let me tell you, as I grew up, man, you didn't have to worry about me getting in too much trouble. Well, I got in some trouble, but it wasn't it wasn't deep. Amen. I never had, I never had, and I thank God for it, never had the desire to drink, smoke, uh, 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 tell big lies, or uh, uh, rob a bank, uh, uh, do all kind of wicked stuff. I've, I've sinned now. Don't get me wrong. I've sinned. But the Lord kept me. I had a limitation. I knew I knew one thing. If the Lord didn't chastise me, my mom and dad would. And I knew what was wrong. I knew what was right. And as I grew up in, 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 in the Lord, amen, I was learning more and more as I grew up until the Lord, whoo, he called me to preach the gospel at the age of 21 years old. He called me to preach the gospel. And all that I learned before I was called to preach the gospel, it came back to my spirit. And everything that those preachers used to preach about the word of God, about the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, about the second coming and the rapture of Jesus Christ, about the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I learned that all up until I got there. When I got there, it all refreshed my memory. And ever since then, I've been preaching the gospel that I've listened to down through the years from the word of God. And guess what? I've been preaching for 58 years, the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I don't think I'm better than nobody. I don't think I'm higher than nobody. I don't think God, I'm, a lot of people think they show special. Amen to God. God got everybody, a lot of people special to God. I'm not the only one that God is looking after. There's 7.8 billion people on the planet. So God got a lot of people to look after. And don't you think I ain't God's pet? I don't want to be God's pet. I just want to do what God calls me to do, and that is to call me to preach the gospel, to preach the burial, the death, the resurrection, the second coming, preach the rapture, preach the seven-year tribulation, preach the return of the Jews, preach, ooh, preach the millennium reign, 
Preach it, brother. Preach it. Preach the redemption story of how Jesus Christ is going to come back to this earth and straighten everything out that's wrong. Woo, you think this shit wickedness is going to last forever? No, there's an end to wickedness. There's an end to unrighteousness. There's an end to the devil. The end is hell's fire. Hell's fire is the end of the devil. And those that follow Satan, those that deny the worst sin that you can commit in your whole life, the worst sin. You said, Brother Bazaar, what is the worst sin that you can commit in your whole life that you can die and go to hell over? You want me to tell you? If you die, if you die without accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you die now without Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you haven't repented of your sins, and you haven't been baptized with the Holy Ghost and made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And a lot of people say, well, you can't be baptized until you go into water. Water does not save you. Water is a typical example, a badge of identity with the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ comes, there's going to be some people that have never been baptized. It ain't going to hinder them from going to heaven. If you don't believe me, ask the thief on the cross. Ask the thief on the cross. He was never baptized. He never went down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. He never was. But he's hung on the cross. And when he hung on the cross, he looked over at the Lord and said, Lord, will you remember me? And what he said, remember me, he was saying, Lord, will you save me? Because I know, I know you are the Lord God Almighty, and I know you the God of Abraham. I know, will you please remember me? And the Lord Jesus Christ looked over to him and said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. Do you understand what Jesus said? Jesus said, when I die, and go to the bowels of hell. And when you die, and you're going to go to the bowels of hell, which is at one time, it was named paradise. And the paradise was where all the righteous people go in the Old Testament. Do you hear what I'm saying? In the Old Testament, paradise was located in the bowels of the earth. It was located between the gulf of hell and between paradise. There was a great gulf fixed between hell and paradise. And Jesus told what? He told the thief on the cross, this day you're going to be with me. And when you be with me, you're going to be in paradise. And just to explain something to you, paradise was in the bowels of the earth up to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, those that was in paradise, in the Old Testament, he removed them from the paradise which used to be in the bowels of the earth and removed them into the presence of God. Now, the new paradise is not in the bowels of the earth. The new paradise is in the presence of God Almighty. So when a saint died, oh, listen to what I got to tell you. When a saint died, when a saint died, it goes to paradise. 
Paradise is no longer in the bowels of the earth. Paradise is in the presence of God. When the thief on the cross died, he went to paradise, which was in the bowels of the earth. And when Jesus Christ came down there, he was already down there. When he was down there, guess what? He saw the thief on the cross in paradise in the bowels of the earth. And he said, now you cannot get up out. You're not, you cannot come out of paradise until I be resurrected. Because if Jesus Christ did not come back from the grave, the whole world will be damned to go to hell. The whole world. Old Testament saints will go to hell because the sacrifice had to be completed. And when Jesus Christ came up out of the grave, the whole plan of salvation was finished. When he dropped his head between the locks of his shoulders and said, it is finished, and on the third day he got up, he brought every Old Testament saint out of the bowels of the earth, which was known as paradise, and they ascended up into the glory of heaven. And now when a saint dies, when a baby dies, they go directly to the paradise, which now is in heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? What did Paul say? To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord, to be present with the Lord, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. To be present with this, with this body, I am not came into the presence of the Lord. So when a saint dies, when a born baptized believer dies, he goes directly to paradise, which is in the presence of God Almighty, Jesus Christ. When a sinner dies, when a sinner dies, it goes directly to hell. A lot of people say, what do you know about that? I know about that because Jesus went through a, a event in the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke. Let's get that. Let's get that and see what the Bible say. Not what I say. Not what I say. Listen, there was a rich man. And there was a poor man. And the poor man was a beggar. And the rich man was a wealthy, wealthy man that had everything in his command, everything that he wanted. And I'm going to find that scripture where Jesus Christ tells this uh, this uh, event that happened in real life. In the book of Luke, let's get that real quick. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to what Scripture says. Listen what the Scripture says. Amen. Here it is, right here. In the 16th chapter of St. Luke. 
in the 16th chapter. I'm going to read that. I'm going to read this for you because I want you to be aware of it. You're not going to be able to make it to heaven unless you come to Christ. In the 16th chapter at the 19th verse of St. Luke, this is a actually event that happened while Jesus here was on earth. Listen to what it says. There was a rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously. Every day he had a something going on. He had parties every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and designed to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The only doctor's office that he went to was dogs licked his sores. And by dogs licking his sores, a lot of people don't believe this, but a dog's mouth, a dog's mouth is more pure than a human being's. It's like it's like a medicine in his tongue that when he lifts his sores, it has the power to heal sores. And so the man had a bunch of dogs following him, and they came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. That's paradise. And the rich man I'm going to go back on that. It's, listen to what it said. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by what? The angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was what? Buried. I'm going to go back over that one more time. The rich man died and was buried. The rich man died and was buried. The poor man died, and when he died, angels came and got him and took him to Abraham's bosom. When he took him to Abraham's bosom, that was paradise in the bowels of the earth. So he went to paradise in the bowels of the earth until what? Until Christ. Oh, my God, my God. Until Christ came and died for the world and was resurrected from the dead on the third day morning, when he was resurrected, paradise was empty because no longer man had a sin covering. And the sin covering was the animal blood in the Old Testament. It was the animal blood. But when Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ's blood didn't cover sin. It took sin out of man. Took it out of his soul, took it out of his spirit, made him a new creature. He's now filled with the Holy Ghost. Now he's been sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's been justified by faith. He becomes a new creature. So he is a child of God by faith, not by works, not by how smart you are, not by what church you go to. No, no, not by how your status quo. You're saved by faith. Through grace, 
God give you undeserved merit love to come to him, and guess what? If you reject the undeserved merit of the love of God, which is called grace, and you reject it and you live all your life without ever accepting Jesus Christ, when you die young or when you die old or when you die middle age, if you die without Jesus Christ, you will be buried. You hear what I say? You will be buried. That's it. But if you die in Christ, good God Almighty, if you die washed in the blood, sanctified, if you die knowing who Jesus Christ is and knowing that Jesus Christ knows you, knowing that you have had a change, knowing that you was walking in his love and that you received the love of Christ in your heart at a period of your life and you know you've been born again and you know that you've been born again and you know that you've been changed because if you don't have a change in your life, guess what? Most likely you haven't been saved. Why? Because when Christ comes in, he saves you. What happened? You change. You change your mind. You change your way. You change your attitude. I know you got to grow. You got to grow. There's a lot of people, amen, that's still weak. They haven't grown up yet. They're still babies. They're still adolescents. They're still uh, acting like a teenager. And when you get saved, it's the seed of the Holy Ghost that's planted in your life. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, guess what? It will never leave you, neither will it forsake you. And he said, lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Listen, I'm going to read this again. I want to I want to drill this into you. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried six feet under. Now listen, 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 listen to this, 23rd. And in hell, and in hell lifted up his eyes. In hell. Why? Why did he go to hell? He went to hell because he was not a believer. He was not a one that believed in God and trusted in God. And a lot of people say, well, the beggar trusted in God. Look where he was. Just because you ain't got what uh, the, the rich man got, that don't mean you you have to deny the trust in the Lord. Because most of the people that trust in the Lord, those that don't have too much. I ain't, I ain't got that much. I ain't got that much. But I tell you one thing, I'm going to trust in the Lord till I die. I don't live in a big fine house. I don't drive big fine cars. I don't have a whole lot of clothes. I mean, you know, fancy clothes. Oh, my God, my God. I don't have none of that. But let me tell you, if I got Jesus Christ in my life, in my life, I'm satisfied. Because materialistic things cannot give you joy, cannot give you peace, cannot give you a good night's rest. If you got a whole lot and you don't did a whole lot of things, you can't rest at night. Why? Because you don't have the peace of God. And when Christ comes into your life, he gives you peace that passes all understanding. Listen to what it says. And in hell, H-E-L-L, Hades, not the lake of fire. This, uh, hell is not the lake of fire. Hell is a waiting room or a waiting compartment in the heart of the earth, down there in those caverns that's heated up and it's hot. There's flames down there. 
You're not in the flames. The flames is all around. You're trying to dodge. You're trying to dodge the flames, but every time you step, step meant to step on another, you step on another flame. So it's hot. The man has said it. Listen, listen, listen what he said. Well, look, look what the man says. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. Being in torments. Tormented. Not torment, but torments. That means more than one. All kind of torments are in hell. People are being tormented in hell right now. Tormented. Why? Demons and devils and uh, the, the fire that's surrounding them, they're tormented in their mind. They're tormented in their, why they're there. They're tormented knowing they've made a mistake. They're, remor- they're trying to get remorse. They want to know why they're in there. But let me tell you, they stay there long enough, they're going to know why they're in there. Because what? They rejected Christ. They went to church. They sung in the choir. They preached, preached. Oh, they had all kind of programs. They did all kind of things, thinking they were doing it for the Lord, but they never were saved. They never came in acquainted with Jesus Christ and his love that he wants to share abroad in their heart. Listen to what he said. And in hell, he's still there. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, still getting the torment, and seeing. What do he see? He sees Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. That don't mean Lazarus sitting in the, in, on, 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 um, on Abraham's chest. That means that he was in the bosom of Abraham, and the bosom of Abraham is paradise, and paradise is a place of peace, a place of peace. Oh, you talking about serenity. You talking about peace that passes all understanding. That's where Abraham and Lazarus was. And when Lazarus got there, Abraham welcomed him. But the angel delivered Lazarus to Abraham and said, here's another, here's another saint. He's got to stay down here. Amen. I'm happy living now. you got to stay down here until the resurrection. you got to stay down here until Christ died. Woo! Jesus Christ died for your sins, Lazarus. He died for... Abraham said, he died for my sin, but I can't come out of here until Christ be resurrected. Ooh, do you hear what I'm saying? Listen to what I'm saying. He says, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and sees Abraham afar off. So he was a distance from hell. It was a long distance from hell, and Lazarus, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, the rich man cried, and he cried. Ooh, but you talking about crying? And he cried and said, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in that in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this plane. Here is the rich man that was on top of the earth at one time in his lifetime. Rebuked this old poor man and wouldn't let me eat from his garbage cans and told him to get that old crazy man out of here, take them dogs with him, get him out of here, get him out of here. He's messing my reputation up. Get him out. Now, I don't know if he cursed or not, but there's a lot of people today doing the same old thing. Get that 
Get get that old poor man out. I don't want nothing to do with no poor people. And guess what? The rich man died. And he lifted up his eyes in hell. And Lazarus died. And God sent an angel. Good God Almighty, I'll say it again. He sent an angel to pick up Lazarus and take him to paradise. So in hell, you're going to want water. In hell, you're going to see. In hell, you'll hear. In hell, you'll be able to walk around. In hell, you'll be grinding and gnashing your teeth forever and ever and ever and ever and ever because you got to pay for your sin, and it's an eternal sin, so you will have the eternal punishment because you rejected the eternal Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by offering him to come into your life because you said, I ain't want nobody to die for my sin. I love my sin. I'm going to continue on doing what I'm doing. I haven't really sinned that much. Oh, my mama, my mom and daddy was was was, was church members. My my, my daddy, that ain't going to get you to heaven. That can't redeem you. The only thing can redeem you is what? The blood of Jesus Christ. His suffering, his dying, his, 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 his being put in the grave for three days and, and three nights and get up on the third day morning on his own power, on his own power. They had nobody there to pick him up. Woo, nobody couldn't pick him up. He picked himself up because Jesus Christ said, I got power to lay down my life, and I got power to pick it up again. I received this of the Father. Now, he said, now, if you want to know God, you got to come to me. No man can get to the Father but by Jesus Christ. So you can't get to God until you come by Jesus Christ. And when you introduced to Jesus Christ, you know God right away. Why? Because Jesus Christ is God Almighty, and when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it, test, it testifies of both Father and the Son. It lets you know that the Father is the Son, and the Son is the Father, and the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God, is God Almighty in the Spirit, that through the shedding of his blood, he opened up a fountain, and this fountain was filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's vein. And if the sinner falls beneath the flow, it loses all his guilty stain. So you can only be saved by the blood, not by your looks, not by your smart, not by your education, not by your money. You cannot be saved until you repent of your sins and come to Jesus Christ. Otherwise, there's a day coming, which I hope it don't happen to you, that you're going to lift your eyes up in hell. And when they bury you, they're going to do one thing. They're going to bury you. No angel's going to come down from heaven and send you to paradise. Why? Because sin cannot enter paradise. Sin cannot enter paradise. Sin! The damnation of sin cannot enter the kingdom of God. Woo! The sins of the world cannot enter the kingdom of God. The lie, the cheating, the backbiting, the whoremonger, the unbelief, the slothfulness, and, and the unconcern, and you're neglecting your salvation through Jesus Christ. And you go, go through this life thinking you can get there on your own works. Well, you can't get there on your own works. You're not going to get there on your own effort to, uh, to get to heaven because works can't save you. Works can't change your life. Only thing works, you can be reformed from doing bad habits and everything, but the only thing that can transform you is the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to what it said. Listen to what it said. This is what it said. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in his flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime Receiveth good things, and likewise, lasteth evil things. But now, 
he is comforted as thou art tormented. If a sinner goes to hell, he's going to be tormented. If a saint goes to heaven, they're going to be comforted forever and ever. Now I say to you, anybody, any place, anytime, don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. Why? Because it's a place where the wicked shall cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. It's a place of eternal judgment. It's a place where you have to pay for your own sin. It's a place that will never end. It's an everlasting, everlasting, everlasting torment because when Jesus Christ came, he said, I came to my own, and my own received me not. But as many receive me, I give them power to become the sons of God. And now Jesus Christ is offering the altar to come to him because if you die just by going to church, you're going to lift up your eyes and hell because dying everybody got to die going to church is good but I'm not depending on going to church to save me I'm depending on the cross where Christ paid paid for my sin death came to Christ killed him mutilated him nailed him to the cross Hung him up there for six long hours. Had him half naked. Embarrassing. They mutilated him. They ostracized him. They spat on him. They called him everything but the son of God. And he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Father, don't destroy them now. Father, I'm dying for them. Father, I'm going to resurrect myself because who I am is I am that I am. I am the am in the Old Testament. I am the am in the New Testament. And the I am became man. And when the I am became man, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. He said, I'm coming again to get a church without a spot or wrinkle. I'm coming to get sanctified ones. I'm coming to get the ones that have been sanctified by what? They've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why the songwriter said, he said, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away my sins. He said, nothing is like the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It can heal you. It can change your mind. It can make you walk a new walk. It can give you a new talk. It can give you a new love that you never had before. You can love your enemies, and you can love those that despitefully use you. You can love those that curse you. You can love those that misuse you. You can love those. Why? Because God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that old bad bazaar could be saved, that bad bazaar could be sanctified, and now I'm walking a new life. And I've been walking this new life for a long time. Yes, I have. And I'm going to continue on the walk. And i tell you one thing. It's not an easy way, but it's the best way. Good God, Almighty, you ain't going to have too many friends if you're a child of God. Yeah, because the world is saying, come on, come on, let's party. Come on, let's drink up the town. Come on, let's take your drugs. Come on, let's let's commit adultery. Come on, let's commit fornication. Let's have a good time because um, my friend's going to be in hell. Some people say, well, if there's a hell, I'll take my chance and live in the way I want to live and die and go to hell. Somebody say, how are you? How the hell are you? Where the hell are you going? They tell me 
me, yeah, there's a hell somewhere. We already got the witness. But Abraham said unto him, Son, remember thou that lifetime received a good thing, and likewise Lazarus evil thing, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Do you hear what that says? Jesus said this. You cannot, neither can they pass to us that will come from this. In other words, if you die and you go to hell, you cannot build a bridge over to paradise. There's no way you can get over there. And I know it's impossible, but if you could climb up the walls and get to look at paradise, you still couldn't go in because you're a sinner. And God cannot stand sin. God hates sin. God is going to eliminate sin pretty soon. All the sin that's going on in the world, a lot of people think they're getting away, but it's going to catch up with you at the judgment. There's a great gulf between paradise and hell. So this great paradise that was in hell is empty now. And it's empty. It's empty. Ain't nothing there. And by nothing being there, guess what's going to happen to hell? Hell is going to enlarge itself. Uh-oh, uh-oh, hell is going to enlarge. This is Bible. This is, I didn't make this up. I didn't make this up. This is God's word. This is what God is saying in his unadulterated word. He's saying this in the book of Isaiah. Let's see what happened to hell in Isaiah. Isaiah 5 and what? 5 and 14. So, so remember now, paradise is no longer in the bowels of the earth. So if the saints of God moved out, then that gave room for hell to expand. And since hell is going to expand, there's no great gulf. 5 and 14, listen to what it says. This is Isaiah 5 and 14. 5 and 14 says this. 5 and 14 says, Therefore, hell has enlarged itself. Hell has enlarged herself. What do you mean, preacher? Is hell a female? No. When you think of a woman, he says herself. What sin? What sin, if anybody goes to hell, what, what is the most prominent sin that people are going to hell for? Because they didn't turn from their wickedness. Want me to tell you? More people are going to hell. More people are going to hell over sex than any other sin that you can name. Sex. People are doing every low, down, dirty, rotten, unique sin through sex, which sex was made for 
absolutely marriage, marriage, a man and a woman getting reproducing and getting the ecstasy of what sex is like. It's good for marriage. Anything outside of marriage or anything that's outside of moral life with sex is sin. More people are going to hell over sex, money, and prestige. And it says, hell says, enlarges herself. So, there's going to be a lot of men in hell. There's going to be a lot of women in hell. But hell here is disguised and recognized by herself has opened, listen, her mouth. Hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoices shall descend into it. Woo! We're living in a... We're living in a party. We're living in a party time generation. People party, 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 party. They party in the morning, party at night, party in the middle of the day, party, big banquets. Oh, man, bring the women on. Bring the women. Bring the fine-looking body. Ooh, let me look at that body. Let me get my cookies. Let me get my rocks. Let me get, man, let me just have fun with two or three women in the same bed. Let me have sex organs. Let me have obscene sex. Let the women lay with the women and the men with the women. Let me have an animal. People don't sex with anything today to get their rocks off. And guess what? Hell has enlarged herself. Herself. The Bible tells me a wicked woman a wicked woman is treacherous. A woman in the Bible named Jezebel was treacherous because she was a sex fanatic. She called Israel the gold and the false prophets. She produced and took the, 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 the prophets of the Lord God Almighty and turned them into worship Baal, which was a sex goddess. And she was one of the most wickedest woman, women in the whole Bible. And she died a wicked death. She died a wicked death beyond your comprehension. Sin! Wiped out. 450 false prophets was cut. Elijah got so upset he cut 450 heads and cut their, cut their heads off. And Jezebel got a, got a notice of it and said, oh, I'm going to get that sucker. I'm going to get him because they were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping false gods. How many false gods are you worshiping today? People are worshiping football, basketball. They're worshiping uh, pornography. They're worshiping drugs. They're worshiping homosexuality. They're worshiping uh, lesbianism. They're worshiping incest. They're worshiping anything that's put before God, and sex is one of the things that 
This generation is put before God in other generations. In the Babylonian Empire, in the Media Persian Empire, it was sex. In the Assyrian Empire, in the in the Egyptian Empire, it was sin. It was in the Roman Empire. They called Rome to burn to the ground. Nero was a homosexual. And himself, some say the Christian set Rome ablaze, but it was Nero that set Rome on fire because of homosexuality. And God warns this generation today. He warns the generation. He said, if y'all don't turn from that lesbianism and turn from that uh, homosexuality and turn from that incest and turn from that, I will give you over to a reprobate mind. I'm going to let you go ahead and do what you want to do because, number one, I done, I done spoke to your hearts, and you have turned, your conscience has been seared with a hot iron, and you have been turned away from the truth of righteousness. And so I'm going to let you go ahead and do it. And that's what's going to happen to America. America is in serious trouble. And it's done crept inside the churches. But the churches got prostitution houses down in the basement, in the pastor's office. Women are coming in there. Women are giving themselves up. Preachers are getting jammed up with having sex with different women in the church. That's a false church, not the true church. God don't put up with that in the true church. But the false church, people who don't know Jesus Christ, doing anything they want, and they think God is going to be pleased with it. But the true church, good God Almighty, what let me tell you. Let me, let, let, ooh, let me tell you what the true church is like. The true church is like this. In the book of Ephesians, Lord Helmers, look, give me another route. I'm going to talk about the end times next Sunday. Uh, we're going to talk about the true church. I'm going to show you the difference between the true church and the false church. Here's the true church. The true church is found in the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, Starting at the fifth chapter, you get the fifth chapter, we're going to go down here to the 21st verse. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourself into your own husband as into the Lord. This is biblical. Wives, submit yourself into your own husband as into the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. The church is the body of Christ. The church is not a building. It's born-again believers who have been born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb, looking and hoping for the return of the Lord and Jesus Christ, and walking in all worthiness, and walking in holiness, walking in the uprightness that God requires them to walk. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything, and that everything represents in the Lord. In the Lord, not outside the Lord. In the Lord. 
It tells you, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. The word is the word of God. The word comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. The word is what cleanses your soul. He said that he might present unto himself God's church, a what? Glorious church, not having spot, not having spot, not having wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy, be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. That's the true church in the book of Ephesians, a holy church, a sanctified church, a church that Christ is going to present before the throne of judgment seat of Christ, a blameless church, a church that have been separated from sin, that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, will be presented to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at the rapture. At the rapture, the church will disappear. The church will be removed from the earth. Only those that have been what? Sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ will be raptured in the church, not the denomination. These denominations are not going to be raptured. Listen, just because you go to the atheism, they're not going to be raptured. The New Age movement, no. Buddha, no. Judaism, no. Shintoism, no. Mormonism, no. Unity, no. Satanic, Satanism, no. Taoism, no. Lutheran, there's some people saving the Lutheran. Christian Sanity, nope. Jehovah Witness, nope. Nazarene, there's some people saved in the Nazarene. Islam, no. Methodist, some people saved in the Methodist church. Fashionism, no. Catholicism, there's some people saved in the Catholic. They believe in Jesus Christ. Minority, not a majority, the minority. The Church of God, there's some saved in the Church of God. Baptist, there's some people saved in the Baptist church. KKK, Oh, look her here. Look her here. KKK believe in what? Racism. They hate black folks. Ain't no hate. Woo, whatever enters the kingdom of God. There ain't no water fountains in the heaven. Amen. That says a black and white. Woo, there's no hate and there's no resentment in heaven. It's nothing but love. So the KKK, woo, if they don't come to Jesus Christ, the one that died on the cross, whether you're white, whether you're ugly, whether you're pretty, if you don't come to Christ and repent of your sin and confess with your mouth and believe with your heart and you die, what did the rich man say? The rich man said he called from hell because he thought he was bought better than Lazarus. He thought he was a God-chosen man, but he was chosen of the devil. Amen. And we see the devil in that rich man's life. He had no regard to nobody but the friends that he was with. He had no regard for nobody else. And there's a lot of people in these churches that don't have no regard of nobody but themselves. Guess what? You look up your eyes in hell, not because you so good, but because you rejected Christ. Nazism, Armstrongism. You got voodoo. 
no Christ. You got witchcraft, no Christ. We got lesbian and homosexual churches, no Christ. You got the polished apostolic church, which you got some saved in that. Church of God in Christ, you got some saved in Church of God in Christ. You got Confucianism, no Christ. You got humanism, no Christ. All these denominations. There's some people in there that's not saved. There's some people in there saved in some of these denominations. But the occult, all of them lost. Why? Because they deliberately, willfully deny that God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, and received up into good. They reject the resurrection. They reject his suffering. They reject his bound his head and dying on Calvary Cross. They reject everything biblically. That has to do with the deity of Christ. They do not believe it. They don't receive it. They, they, they make up their own crisis and call it Christianity, but it is not Christianity because Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you have had a divine, a divine relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what? You belong to God because you have submitted your soul and your spirit to the only blood-washed ones through the blood of the cross. That is the authorization of all these churches are going to join together at the end of time. I don't show you in the book of Ephesians, the true church. And if you want to go to the book of Acts, the second chapter, you, you will find the beginning of the true church and its conception on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost didn't die for me. Uh, Pentecost is a festival that the Jews celebrate on the 50th day. So Pentecost don't mean salvation. Pentecost means that what? It means that that day the church was born. It means that that was when it was conceived on the day of Pentecost. And 120 people were inside the church. 120 Jews was waiting for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the power of God. The Holy Ghost is God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ suffering on Calvary's cross, Jesus Christ left this earth and said, I'm going away, and when I go away, I'm going to send you some power from on high, which is the Holy Ghost, and it will lead you and guide you into all truth. And guess what those folks did? When those folks got to receive the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, guess what? They went outside the building. Wood and timber and bricks. They went outside. The church went outside and got into the streets and preached who? Christ. They didn't stay behind the wall. They went out and preached the cross, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, and telling them, prepare your soul to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you shall be a what? You should be a drunkard? No. You should be a liar? No. You should be a whoremonger? No. You should be a liar? No. You should be a witness for me to show the world that the Christ that died on Calvary's cross now is able to live in you and walk in you and talk in you and show the world the love that you have for the sinner. Because a Christian, a true born-again believer, loves the sinner. Don't love what you do, but love you because you're a person and that you can become a Christian through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be a witness for you. I'm going to show you what he can do for you. He can change your life. 
in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. He can give you a new way, a new walk. You don't have to worry about taking suicide pills or jumping off a building. You don't have to worry about taking marijuana. You don't have to worry about trying to get your sex fantasies off on your rocks. You don't have to worry about that. Why? Because Jesus Christ will fix it for you. Fix it for you. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to become a victor over the the sins of the flesh and the sins that devil can cause you to do and quit and the sins of this world that he has to offer you. He can give you power that can shake the world upside down. So you got the identity of the true church. In the book of Ephesians, fifth chapter, and in the book of what? In the book of Acts. And from Acts, the second chapter of Acts, you see the duty of the church to the 28th verse of the book of Acts. You see what the church went through, amen, to get Christ out there in the world and let the people know there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And Apostle Paul did that. When he did that, he came to the end of his journey in a Roman jail saying, now I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. Now later for me is a crown of life. Not for me only, but for all those that love the Lord and love his appearing. All right, all right. I hope you got a, a viewpoint of the true church, because if you don't have the love of God in you, you're lost. And the Bible says, love ye one another. If a man say he loved God and hate his brother, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. Why? Because God is love, undying love, love beyond degree. Love that passes all understanding. Love you more than all the grains of sea, all the grains of sand on the seashore. All the grains on all the grains of sand on the seashore cannot equal for the love of God that He has for your soul, because that's what God wants. He wants your soul. He said, "All souls belong to Me." And the devil said, you ain't going to get them. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, I'll get them for whosoever will. If he come to me, I'll get it. If he don't come to me, I can't get it. If he don't turn from his sins, I can't get it. If he don't repent, I can't save it. If he don't commit himself to my crucifixion Christ, I can't save it. If he don't believe I resurrected from the dead and I'm coming back to get a church and that my blood is the only way that you can be saved, I can't save him. God can't save you against your will. He can't save you, no. Can't save you. You got to come to him in repentant spirit. And when you come to him, you become a new creature. And when you become a new creature, you're a new creature forever. You can't lose your salvation once you receive Christ. If you genuinely seek Christ and you receive him, you cannot lose your salvation. Your salvation is forever. Your salvation is forever. You shall have what? Everlasting life. Not just for three or four months and you lose your salvation. You've got it forever. Because whenever God does something, he does it forever. He made the world, 
and the world is going to last forever because the old world that you're living on now is going to be burned up and renovated, and it's going to be purified, and the heavens going to be cleansed with sin from sin, and there won't be no more sin. There won't be no more what's going on now, and the devil will be cast into the lake of fire, and he will be tormented forever and ever, and all those that follow him, all those that went after him, all those that thought they were saved, because my Lord, have mercy. Don't ever think you saved. You got to know you saved. The old song goes there, I know, I know I've been saved. I know, I know I've been saved. The angels in the heaven done sign my name. I know, I know I've been changed. I know, I know I've been changed. I know, I know I've been changed. Angels in the heaven done sign my name. That's, that's what I'm talking about. You see, I know, I know that I know, that I know that I know I've been born again. I know that. And I ain't nothing I, ain't nothing I did but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm living off of the righteousness of Christ and through his blood. I got the victory. Now, there's another church that's on the earth today. It's called the false church. And that false church is found in the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, we have the world church. The world church coming through the Catholic church. Universal church. That's what Catholic means, universal. World church. That's man-made. Listen what it says. 17th chapter of Revelation. This is the false church that's consisted of wicked people that some confess Christ, some don't want Christ, some don't care. They have linked up with the mystery church that's called in the Bible synagogue of Satan. This is Satan's church. This is what Satan propagates. This is what he produces. He produces sin. He produces exactly what this Bible says in the 17th chapter. Let's see what it reads. Two kind of churches. And this Two churches right now is kinda kinda mixed in there. You got you got in every church you got some saved people and you got some people that's not saved. So they are mixed in that. Everybody in church ain't saved. Everybody in churches is not saved. Everybody's not. Some are saved and some are not. But Jesus said, let the wheat and the tag grow together. So they're growing together now. Because this salvation is personal. I can't get your salvation. I can't tell you what your salvation is like. But I know what mine is like. Delivered from sin. I've been delivered from sin. And I know Christ has sanctified my soul and cleansed me and made me pure, white in the snow. I'm not perfect, but I'm striving into perfection. And the false church is found in the 17th chapter of Revelation. And let's see the characteristic of this church. 17th chapter, reading the first verse. And there came one of the seven angels 
which had the seven vows, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show you, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore. Woo, my God, the great whore. So this church in Revelation speaks of the great whore, the world church that's orchestrated by Satan and wicked people who have rejected Christ. This great whore which sitteth up on many waters. That don't mean she's sitting on what? The water represents the population of the earth. The population of the earth represents the water, the sea. Many waters. In other words, many nations. Many countries. This woman sitting up on many waters. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. I mean, this church is drunk with sex, drunk with alcohol, drunk with drugs, drunk with homosexuality, drunk. They are staggering in the streets. They are staggering to the altar. They are staggering. This church is messed up. Spiritual fornication and physical fornication. Fornicating with women, women with men, men with women, young girls, young boys, and drunk with all kinds of sin. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. This church is in the wilderness. I went into the wilderness, and this is what I saw. A woman sit up on a scarlet-colored beast, full of names and blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The ten heads represent the ten the seven heads represent the ten empires that was up on the earth. And that is the Egyptian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Median Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, and the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire is a place where this year woman will be sitting and she'll be in the wilderness. And the wilderness represents sin. She's in sin. And sin is a wilderness. It's a jungle out there. Woo, you got wild snakes and lions and baboons. You got laughing hyenas. You got snakes. You got every foul spirit that's working in this church, and they are blaspheming against God. They hate God. They resent God. There's a lot of people in the world today that hate God, going to church, going to church, but they hate God. They resent what? They resent the cross. They don't want nothing to do with the blood of Jesus Christ. They don't even want to say hymns no more. They don't want to, they don't want to come to prayer no more. They're just having a good time and call themselves going to heaven. But you can't go to heaven until you meet Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the woman, uh-oh, uh-oh, the woman. And you remember when uh, Ephesians said, the man is the head of the wife, and the wife represents the church, 
and Christ is the head of the church, that the church will be sanctified and without spot or wrinkle. Well, look at this here woman. Look, 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 look at her. Look at look, look how she looked. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup, my God, a golden cup in her hand, full, not a little bit, not half, no, full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. Boy, this is a filthy church, filthy with sex orgies, filled with all kinds of ways to satisfy, satisfy yourself in sex motivation. It's filled abomination and filthiness of her fornication. So they really get down with the nitty-gritty. They just don't care. And then they think they're going to heaven. But if you love sin, most likely you won't make it. You got to hate sin. You got to resent sin. And I know it's a battle because even after you get saved, you still have a war with the flesh and you have a war with the spirit. That's why Apostle Paul said, the things I wanted to do, I couldn't do because sin was always present. He said, in me, in my flesh, well, is no good thing. So the flesh is not going to be sanctified. The flesh is not going to be cleansed. So you've got to fight off the flesh through the Holy Spirit and there's power in the Spirit because the Bible says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I've got the power, amen, to keep you every day of your life. He said, he said, and having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication, and up on her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, an abomination of the earth. The mystery of Babylon. What's the mystery of Babylon? The mystery of Babylon is found in the 11th chapter of Genesis, where Nimrod got all the nations of the earth and inquired to them that they would build a tower to heaven and that he was a godlike figure and that he will rule the world and have they all had one languages. And he said, let us Build a tower to heaven, lest we be scattered abroad. And if you want to know anything about the Antichrist, this was the first illustration of the Antichrist with Nimrod. Nimrod was a man and a mighty hunter before the Lord. He wasn't hunting animals. He was hunting souls. He was gathering in souls. And he said, let us build a tower so that we can study the zodiac, so we can study the portals and the unknown, so we can study about these aliens and these UFOs and these Nephilims. Let us study about these things. Why? Because the higher we get in, in knowledge, we can bring forth a one-world government, starting way back in the Old Testament. And these same wicked spirits, these same demons, that came from fallen angels that cohabitated with mankind. They produced a 
entity, which are called demons, and Nimrod. Nimrod said, we are going to build a tower to heaven. Why? Because we know earlier in the time, the annals of time, there was a flood, and it flooded the whole world. It drowned everybody. Only eight souls were saved in the flood through the ark, the ark that Noah built by God's command. Only eight souls went inside the ark. They didn't hang on the side. They didn't have no handlebars. They wouldn't jump off to jump on. Why? If you was on, you was on. If you was off, you was off. Because when the rain comes, the doors did not open. Woo! When Jesus Christ comes back from the church, for the church, he's going to rapture the church in a moment of a twinkling of an eye, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and when they rise, they will come up out of the grave, and we shall meet the Lord in the air. If you miss this here transportation from earth to glory, you are going to be left here for the tribulation period, and the tribulation period is for the Jews to be reestablished in Jerusalem. The Jews are coming back to Jerusalem right now. The Jews are in a war right now. The Jews are trying to tell the world, get ready, get ready, get ready, because we're looking for Christ to come. And guess what? They're going to have the wrong Christ because this Christ is coming is not the true Christ. This Christ is coming is the Antichrist. The Antichrist is on the earth now. Now, Brother Bazaar, I know what I'm talking about. The Antichrist is on the earth right now. And he's waiting for a specific time in the seasons of time to come on the scene. The Jews are looking for him. The rabbis are talking about him. The, 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 the Jewish temple site is being what? Looked for and they are going to recover and build a third temple. For who? The Christ, the false Christ. Because when this year false Christ comes, he's going to give the Jewish permission to rebuild the temple. He's going to sign a covenant pact with the Jews nation and the Palestine nation and let them know they have a right to rebuild the temple, and the temple is going to be made for the sacrifices of animals. But God Almighty knows about this. God knows about this. He knows the third temple is going to be built. He knows the Antichrist is alive, and Brother Bazaar knows he's alive. And the, all the studying and all the praying and all the uh, 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 types and shadows and all the symbols that I have read about, guess what? It's getting motion. The Antichrist is going to make a seven-year covenant with the Jewish nation that they could have permission to build the third temple because there has to be a third temple before Christ can come back. And when Christ get ready to come back, the Antichrist is going to have priority to set in the temple and call himself God Almighty. Why? Because the devil still got that crazy idea that he's going to rule the world. And in fact, he is going to rule it. But for only seven years. And the seven years are coming up. Our presidential election is in, in, in a woe 
People don't want Trump. Some want Biden. Trump is making a comeback. When Trump makes a comeback, the world says we can't take him no more. But let me tell you something about Trump. You better let him alone. You better let God fulfill whatever needs to be fulfilled through Trump. You better let it be fulfilled. I got my hands off of it. But it's so bad now, majority of the people don't like Trump. And if he get in there, don't you know you got a crazy bed bug that's crazy enough to try to get rid of it? Assassination? They did President Fitzgerald Kennedy the same way. And Fitzgerald Kennedy was one of the better presidents of our times. And the reason he got shot, let me tell you why he got shot. I know why he got shot. He got shot because he told the world that if he get back in there, he's going to eliminate all these secret societies. And you say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about the secret societies. I'm talking about the Luciferians. I'm talking about the devil worshippers. I'm talking about, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I got 10 minutes to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Freemasonry. Is for the one world government. We got the Octopus Deus, which is a secret society, a new world order. They believe in a new world order. We got the New Age Movement that believes a new world order. They got United Nations. A new, they believe in a new world. We got the Club of Rome. They believe in a new world order. We got the Mohavian Grove, which is in California which all the secret societies need to control the world. We got the night temples. We got the skull and bones. We got the Illuminati. We got the Council of Foreign Relationship. We got the Bilderbergs. We got the European Union, and we got the Jesuits. We got at least 14 to 15 secret societies that's planning to rule the world, and they realize that there is a man of sin that's going to take over the world, and he's going to control what? He's going to control the pen what? Let's go back. Let's go back. Ooh, let's go back. Let's go back to the fifth, third verse in Revelation. It says, seven heads, which are the seven European, the seven nations that has ruled the world before and is trying to come to a head to rule the whole world, and the ten horns. Now, the ten horns represent the ten European comet market nations that are today known as NATO. NATO. European common market is NATO. These are the ten horns. And this woman is riding up on this beast with ten horns. The ten horns represent NATO, the European common market, and the seven heads. The seven heads represent the seven world empires that's coming back. When they come back, they're going to reunite the world into one world religion. One world religion, the Antichrist. And this is the mystery of Babylon because Nimrod, Nimrod started this, 
And God said, you're not going to come up here. You're not going to get but so far. And God came down. And when he came down, he confounded the language because that's what Babylon means, Babylon means confusion. And the world today is confused. Confused why? Because they're under the influence of these demonic demons, UFOs, and these entities, and these aliens that's coming down, and they're walking on the earth today. They're going to be an invasion of Satan. Woo! Satan is going to invade this earth. Why? Because the Lord said, if you don't want me, if you don't want me as Lord and Savior, he's telling the world, If you don't want me, Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you the devil in full power and let him shift you. I'm going to let him take care of you. You don't want me to take care of you. You don't want me to save you. You don't want to bow your head before me. You don't want to honor me. You don't want to fear me. I'm going to give you the raw devil. And so in the 12th chapter of Revelation, we see the devil coming down with an invasion of UFOs, entities, and demons, and devils, and Nephilim are going to tear this world upside down. This is Brother Bazaar. I won't be able to finish tonight. But I hope you got some point on what I'm talking about. The Illuminati's and all these secret societies is the rebirth of the Babylon in the 11th chapter of Genesis. They're making a comeback. And since this is the last day, this is the end of the world, this is the end of sin, it's going to be the end of the devil, it's going to be the end of Killing and murder is going to be the end, but the end will not come until the end of the millennium reign. There's going to be an end, end of the church age. And when the rapture occurs, listen, when the rapture occurs, God's going to take the church out of here, and then there's going to be a seven-year tribulation. God's going to bring the Jews back, and they're going to be preaching in Jerusalem for Three and one half years, 144,000 will be preaching for three and one half years. And the two witnesses is going to come back in the latter three and one half years. They're going to be preaching for three and one half years. So the gospel will be preached by the Jewish nation before Christ comes back to the earth. When he comes to get to church, he's going to be suspended in the heavens and yank the church out of here. And then the seven-year tribulation will continue on in earth until Jesus Christ comes back with the church on the top of the Mount of Olives. Woo! This is this this is dynamite. And a lot of people say, "What's going to happen?" I believe this year coming up is going to be one of the most horrific years of all age. Christ is getting ready to remove the body, and then the Antichrist. By the way, the Antichrist is coming from Spain. S P A I N. Spain is the place where the Antichrist lives. His name, his name is King Philippi. King Philippi is the Antichrist. You ought to check it out on YouTube. Go to Madrid, Spain, and ask for King, what? King Philippi. Six foot six, been the king of Spain since 2014 until now. His father comes from the royal sea of the throne of David, on down to on down from the time that the Jews were scattered all over the face of the earth, they intermingled with the Spanish people, they intermingled with the European people, and guess what? The DNA, as you find out, the DNA they found out 
that the Antichrist will be a descendant of nations that are brothers, and that's Esau and Jacob. This is Elder Bazaar coming to you from work, coming to you from Warren, Ohio. I want y'all to continue to pray for me. I want you to uh, get more information on this because this is some deep studying. I didn't study this off the top of my head. This is real. It's authentic. Jesus Christ is getting ready to come. The Bible said, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that he raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you believe that and accept that and repent of your sin, you can come to Christ right now. And this is the time you can do it. Don't wait too long. Because let me tell you this. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's going to get so bad, people are going to increase in suicide. There's going to be more violence. There's going to be more, there's going to be more people going in stores and robbing people. There's going to be more marches. There's going to be more. There's going to be a civil war in this country. There's going to be more border crossing. There's going to be more of everything because Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. The Antichrist is the only one that's going to try to quiet things down. And that's when the church is removed, the Antichrist will come. King Philippe will come on the scene, and the world will admire him. The world will worship him. The world will say, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what Satan is going to bring forth to the world. And guess what? There's going to be many people to be deceived. Don't believe nobody. Don't trust in nobody but Jesus Christ. Pastor Paul said, confess with your mouth, believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That Bible said, thou shalt be saved. We thank you. Come, this is Brother Bazaar. Y'all pray for me that I'll go strong in the Lord, that I'll finish my course, that I'll press on to my high mark, which is in Christ Jesus. And I pray to you and give you the glory to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name.